0: It's Carcon Carne. Let's meet in the car. It's Carcon Carne.
1: And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstom.
2: And we are live. I'm James Van Alstom. This is Carcon Carne, episode 686. And before I bring on tonight's guest, I do want to talk about things that are coming up on Carcon Carne. Tomorrow night, Friday night, Katie Reif. She is a senior writer at the AV Club. And over Thanksgiving weekend, she has curated the least family-friendly movie to run in midnight showings at the Music Box Theater, Suicide Club. It's a Japanese movie, the first five minutes of which will, will leave you scarred for life. It's fantastic. We're going to talk about that and other movie stuff. That's tomorrow. Now, on Sunday, Sal Ebenanti, joins me back in the car. Now, by day, Sal is the agent for iconic comic book artists, Alex Ross and Bill Sienkiewicz. By night, he's also an accomplished graphic novelist. He's going to talk about his new Kickstarter project, Atomica, God is Red Omnibus. He's already crushed his goal, so I'm not sure what we can accomplish, but whatever we accomplish will be gravy, but we're recording at Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park, so it's more like au jus rather than gravy. So I mentioned that this is episode 686, and The value of truth and money are explored, if not eviscerated, in the engaging, slow-burning new movie, The Last Days of Capitalism. In a very lean, focused way, the movie looks at white privilege, social class disparity, prostitution, and the fabric of social and sexual relationships. Joining me tonight to talk about The Last Days of Capitalism are writer-director Adam Mervis, lead actor Mike Faola, and lead actress Sarah Rose harper hi everybody
0: hi
2: hey nice to see you all of this movie man I, i'll tell you i, I after watching it I, I found myself hating money uh i pretty much hated the male character played by mike faola which means job well done and i also found myself rewinding the last 15 minutes which is a blessed thing with vod movies for sure let's 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 just get right into this movie.
0: Thank you for that review, by the way, James. That was very nice. Was that a review or or critique? Or, Summary. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so, Adam, let's start with you. Let's talk about this story. It's a
0: slow-burning, sure.
2: darkly cynical cat-and-mouse kind of story. What sparked this idea for you?
0: <clears throat> uh what sparked this idea? You know, I had come off a big film uh, called Twenty One Bridges, um, a crime thriller that I would made. Uh, And uh, in a way, had gotten the full Hollywood experience from a screenwriting perspective, uh, if you know what that means. Or, you know, it's not it was not so kind to the artistic value of it, you know. Um, And I came in um, with my friend Kenny, who's a who's a producer on this film. And I told Kenny one day, I just want to do something kind of old school way we would do it. I don't ask anybody to do it, and I want it to be about um making a really good movie and really about performance and I've got very little money. So how can we do this? And he said, well, what do you have in mind? And I said, well, I've got this little, I'd written this off Broadway play um, that I hadn't got a chance to put up yet because of 21 bridges. And I said, well, I've got this little play. It's a two-hander and we could do it in a Vegas penthouse and sort of a way we went. If you want to go one layer deeper, As to why I wrote the play, you know, I guess I will tell the story. I had an encounter at a bar in Las Vegas. Well, a lovely, I was having a lovely conversation when you meet somebody and you sort of are, um, I don't know, whatever it is, you're you're falling in love in 10 minutes or, you know, whatever. You meet a very attractive, wonderful person. And I was with a group of friends and uh, a friend leaned over to me and goes she's a hooker (laughs) and i turned to him and turned back to this woman and everything kind of changed obviously Uh, and she was uh i was i was not uh you know i i had lived in new york and la so i was not some shrinking uh violet i like unable to identify um perhaps someone who was working and uh It just, it turned, it changed on me in a second and it got really sad. Uh, Obviously our conversation um, ended there. Um, And I kind of went back um, and had been thinking about a lot of different subjects and a lot of different things that were going on in this country. And I thought, what if if I started with her and the guy and went from there? and that's
2: how I wrote the play. So you used a term that maybe not common knowledge, a two-hander, a story told with only two characters. And on that note, for this story to work, the casting really had to be right with only two characters. You can't mess that up. The nuances, the small details, these are things that were carried on the backs of Sarah and Mike. Let's I guess for all three of you, let's talk about the casting process.
0: Sure. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start and then they can interject with, um, you know, the act, the casting process as an actor, which I've been through is usually just terrifying, but, (laughs) um, I, I, for me, exactly. I knew, I said to Kenny right away, I said, we have to find the best two actors for this movie because, it rests on them. We can't, there's no exploding helicopter in the jungle. There's no Tyrannosaurus Rex CGI'd in, like, this is it. Um, And so we saw a lot of actors in LA, a lot of actors. Um, And the two things I think stuck out for me in the process, and then you guys jump in, but with Sarah and Mike, we had a chemistry read with them and kind of almost immediately for whatever the chemistry and you see it on on film, the chemistry was there right away. There was a dynamic that was very interesting. I can't quite articulate what it is. Maybe maybe Mike or Sarah could do a better job of it, but whatever it is between them, there's a dynamic that fit and worked. Um, On an individual scale, both of them came out of the theater, which I think was very important for me as far as being able to handle this uh, film we shot it in 10 days. You're putting about nine pages of dialogue in your head a day. Um, And I want, I knew I wanted to shoot it pretty loose. um, Let the actors kind of move where they wanted to move and, and do that. And even some great film actors couldn't handle that. Um, And, you know, in meeting both of them, I didn't have any um, um, kind of hesitation about them being able to handle that that assignment, which was grueling. Uh, I'm sure they'll talk about it, but yeah. What was the <laughs> casting process? I know Sarah, Mike, what was it like for you guys?
3: I, well, so I I got there talking about the chemistry read. I got there, I could hear Mike in there with um, another actor. And I was like, shit, they're both really good. And the it was the cocaine scene. So there was some singing involved. And I remember she had a great voice and I was like, I'm never going to get cast. I have a terrible voice and this girl wants to be a singer like it's just it's done but whatever i'm here so i'll just be the person who can't sing really well at all and um just go for it and then i got into the room mike's i mean the chemistry i don't know i I don't know if i can explain it it just mike's a guy lucked out he's an insanely talented actor on my half it just like was so easy working off of him because he's just there um and like giving, even in an audition, um, and we did the scene. It was really fun. I think we probably did it a few times. And we, I remember thinking like, p- people are gonna want to like run out of this building hearing us singing, <laughs> sing the uh, national anthem or the uh, America's Beautiful. I, think, I like forget the what song I mean, it was I think singing? it was America the
0: Beautiful. America the Beautiful. Yeah. Uh,
3: and then I left, and then I think I like left something in the audition room. I had to like come back. And I think I met uh, I saw Mike rehearsing with the actor who was reading after me. And I was like, well, one of those two ladies is probably going to get it. Like, good luck, Mike. You're 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 going to you're going to be it. And uh, I look forward to watching you guys on the on the screen. And then oof, behold. I got it. So for me, that was that was the experience. Mike, did, you, did you
2: feel the chemistry right away?
1: Yeah, I think my pheromones lured Sarah in just right off the bat and just Mm -hmm. paved the way for a really successful audition for both of us. Um, Now, I I knew like getting the sides and the way they were formatted, it was going to be a slightly different audition process just because it was really densely written. There was a lot of words um, and it was a longer form audition, um, which is not usually the case. You don't generally speaking, have things you can really sink your teeth into and really allow yourself to sort of get swept away into the scene because it's over in a page and a half or two pages. But here, I think we had two scenes, each of which was close to five pages. So I went in feeling quite confident because I knew I could handle the dialogue. And I know, like Adam alluded to, a lot of actors in Los Angeles who are you know, used to working in film or television might be learning two pages in a day. And so um, we really got to uh, just sort of play around and explore and experiment in the audition, which um, made it uh, uh, like a lovely experience in and of itself, whether or not it led to the job, like you're in a room with some other creative people who are enthusiastic about a project and we just got to like riff off of each other and it was mutually respectful um, you know, amongst all parties. And so um, that was a really pleasant experience. Um, which generally speaking is not, you know, I got a sense of the actors really being honored and valued and respected. And that's, you know, I won't say it's a rarity, but it's not always the case. Uh, And then with regards to Sarah, um, I don't know that my reps had ever reached out to Adam and his team, but when I initially got the offer for the job, I said, I I told my reps, I wasn't going to do it unless Sarah was the person that was cast. Um, And so fortunately Adam had the same, you know kind of intuition that i did that it would probably work best between she and i um and then you know that's sort of how it unfolded
2: yeah it, it carries the movie and sarah brought it up i'm going to ask a question it's about how the sausage is made basically there's a scene where you snort cocaine in this movie how do you fake snort cocaine like are you putting something in your nose what how does that work
3: Yeah, sugar powdered really? sugar
2: Okay. Yeah. Lots of it. Lots it.
3: of powdered sugar. You know, and You're just starting it
0: line did, after line. They could probably talk about it a lot more because you know you get you start to it start to they probably did about ten lines of powdered sugar in that scene over over the course of a night. You know, amazing. And yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So this movie in general, this is storytelling done simple. Vegas is the general location, but these two leads are in the same general space for the entire movie. I I think there are little things that are done throughout the movie to make the space feel less confining and make it feel more interesting. There's one scene going back to the the cocaine binge um, where Sarah goes kind of moving around the top of the couch. I mean, there are ways to make each scene more visually interesting. So it's not just them on the bed or them standing up in the kitchen. That seems like a conscious decision, Adam
0: totally i mean you know i think that's what we were fighting with the penthouse of okay how do i not make you bored out of your mind um, for 80 minutes 80 85 minutes um, and it was a constant battle we had a we had a great cinematographer bethany and you know we would sort of talk about <clears throat> what was the most visually interesting you know i think this i think i can say this but i don't think there's two scenes in the same location um, that we, you know, the bedroom obviously, and that we film it much different. Like we were very conscious to film the bedroom in a different way each time. And even that the scene that takes place in the bathroom now, which is um, um Mike, Mike has just gotten sick and, and Sarah kind of gives him a speech. Um, that was originally supposed to be like on a couch in the living room. And actually it was Bethany's idea to move it to the bathroom where we had nothing set. We'd never seen the bathroom, you know? Um, and yeah, a, you know, it was a big penthouse, but to keep it dynamic was a challenge. And and then for the two actors, you know, again, the, using their theater background, we would come in and, and kind of walk through the scene and block it out in a way that I hope they, they could maybe tell you allowed for a little bit more Creativity and playfulness um and like in the cocaine scene, kind of getting Sarah to really move around the room, you know that's a really hard scene to shoot just from an acting perspective of they're having to maintain a state um in you know an acting what you would call state um where they're not you know they're obviously not high on cocaine that I know of um and they um to maintain that state and do dialogue and do blocking it was extremely challenging and and it was a really tough scene to shoot from an acting perspective. I, I think they would, they could tell you better, but it was, it was pretty tough.
3: That, yeah. that actually just reminded me of um, the cocaine scene. Cause I, I just had trouble with that scene for, for some reason. Um, but I'm realizing now I just made the connection that we, the way we rehearsed and the way we shot, it was like all, all like in one and we kind of do like the whole thing many times. And, and, and and because we, you know, each scene is like more than a few, few pages long, at least, like as Mike said earlier, I think what was scary about the cocaine scene for me was because I had to sort of figure out what my movement was in there without having a lot to say and without wanting, without being distracting and, you know, being natural. And I can't rely on the fact that in other other films, we might do like half a page and then stop, you know, and just do that part of it over and over again. It was like, I had to do the whole arc of the scene. Um, And so that, you know, as a stage actor, you know, you get used to rehearsing the scene or the play rather, and you perform it, you know, and each, each night it's a little different. It is what it is. And it's within the context of the whole thing. So this was like a, like two ends of the spectrum sort of like meeting in the middle and that was for me I think part of why I found that scene really hard um and it's funny because it's uh it's a scene I think that that comes off really well in the movie and I I was like the one scene where I as an actor was like ah like I have I'm I like was in my head and it was it just took me a while to get there um but yeah, no, I'm, the, the way we rehearsed it day to day before shooting was really fun and, and like nerve wracking because you, you kind of have to carry the carry more than you would as an actor on any other project.
2: And and Adam, giving the actors that kind of flexibility. I realize it's part of scrappy filmmaking doing this in 10 days, but giving them the flexibility to kind of explore what they're doing, it, it makes it all seem more authentic when it comes out on the other end. I mean, yeah, going back going back to the audition with Sarah, where she's kind of singing off key, it's stuff like that. You, you want to believe that these are real people in this situation. You, you want to stay in that frame of mind as you're watching.
1: Yeah, I th- that's a really good point, James. And I think that um, Adam and the DP he mentioned earlier is Bethany Michalski. Is that how you pronounce her last name, Sarah? Michalski. Mahalski, uh-huh. yeah, Bethany Mahalski. I mean, she she deserves no like small credit for you know assisting Adam and and really making this visually compelling. But Adam and and Bethany would largely allow, I think, at the beginning of, of rehearsing a scene and putting the blocking together and blockings where you sort of map out the movements for the actors and the camera so that everything can align and you can get something that's, you know, watchable. Um, I, I think sort of the, orga- the organic way we would come into the room and be sitting with one another prior to blocking the scene or rehearsing the scene, they would kind of use that as the benchmark and the foundation from which to build the rest of it. So it always came from an authentic place. There were very few times in in, like such a confined space, which is really astounding where I felt totally awkward and, um, you know, kind of like I was put in a position physically to perform that I wouldn't be comfortable performing in, you know, kind of like my normal day-to-day life. It always felt pretty true to like just the way people behave and carry themselves. So yeah, Adam, I think gets a lot of credit for that.
2: So again, the um, movie it's on VOD right now. It's the last days of capitalism talking about that location uh that penthouse sure looked sure looked badass to me was, was it mm-hmm. was it legitimately legitimately like this awesome space because it, it looked gorgeous
0: it was big it was gorgeous i again i think you know if if we if we show you how the sausage is made we we juice the angles we we kind of moved stuff around to you know it was gorgeous. I don't know if it was as gorgeous as we portrayed it. Um, perhaps if, if we hadn't snuck into the hotel, I would say the hotel should give it some sponsorship, but <laughs> we, uh, I love that. we snuck in. Nope. we snuck in to shoot it. So maybe I would not them um, to, uh, you know,
2: that's again, scrappy filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, yeah, that's totally. just, And I, I'm asking a lot of questions about the making of it because one of the yeah. challenges in talking about this movie is tap dancing around plot points and spoilers I have to be really careful uh, so as I tapped in surrounded it is it safe enough conservative enough to say that at least one of the characters is playing a long game here
0: you could ask them I, I don't you know I one of the things I, I tried really hard to do is um, look for moments where where both these characters get lost in the games they're both playing you know in the roles they're both playing um they're both up there kind of playing different people at different times uh for different reasons you know um and <clears throat> sure what what happens at the end happens at the end but i think it only works if you believe that sarah you know that, that there's a chance that that she does fall in love you know that that, that it did that, that it all could work you know, um, and I kind of sort of love the idea again, going back to kind of a bigger Hollywood movie that I made where you kind of knew the movie. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. You know the beats. You go into a certain Hollywood movies, certain Hollywood movies I've written where you sort of know the beats. Um, and in this, I really like the idea of not knowing the beats, you know, and, and you being about halfway through the movie and being like, I don't know how this is ending. Like, what's happening totally. here? You know what I mean? um like are they gonna fall in love and and go away are they gonna like what what's gonna happen like i don't know so i don't know did you guys feel
1: i think to answer your question james is whether anybody knew that there was a long game i think uh i can answer for sarah and i both probably and that we didn't and that that was actually really beneficial we didn't know whether that was the case and that was really beneficial um to the overall outcome of the movie uh, largely due to what Adam is, uh, was mentioning about not being totally sure where everybody stands from moment to moment, really toggling between what's authentic and what's inauthentic. And so for me, you know, you mentioned a lot of themes at the top of the show about the movie and capitalism and prostitution and money and greed, etc. I always looked at this as a metaphor between how two people, um, you know, slowly become more and more vulnerable and authentic with one another and occasionally allow their you know their, their mask down and then and, and let their guard down and, and do reveal who they are only to put the mask right back up and continue the act that they were playing before they had revealed themselves. And so it's largely about, is this person seeing me for who I am and accepting me right now or is this person just shining me along? And so for me, that sort of an unknowing um, really played in thematically to the movie, well,
2: there is that that sense, and Adam mentioned it. Where as you're watching, you don't know how it's going to end up. You know, it's interesting, and everything just feels close. This relationship feels close. You're watching, you you're in this relationship with these two, and you just it you you can't pull back and see where this is going to go because it's just everything feels so immediate. And I, I was surprised by the ending. And like I said at the beginning, I, I had to rewind. I had to do some some tracing um, to to figure out how we got there, or to help me or further my understanding. Um, it was a great ending. It was it, and it Thank was you. it was it was a mic drop ending, really.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but I think we tried hard not to tip it. You know, in the edit with my my editor David Al, you know, <clears throat> we would kind of constantly be weighing like if you saw this it, from from the character, would would that You know does it tip it too far do we do we kind of know what's going on um and yeah i i think you know for me this is what mike hit on also is the theme of of these two people in a way if they could just stay up in this penthouse and and stay in their most vulnerable parts i think maybe both of them want that in a way you know to to be able to drop the the trauma and the 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 other identity and the self that they're carrying, um, uh, and they're both looking for that in a way up there, <clears throat> and they can't really drop it as as we sometimes can't really drop it in life. So,
2: yeah, and Mike said it. I mean, that that theme of what is real, what is the truth, how important are the truth and reality that that swirls around from the the very beginning. The question of real names, what. What does the man do for a living? I mean, we just don't know. And it's just this gamesmanship that goes on. It's fascinating. And it it really is an expression of stuff that happens in everyday conversations and relationships. And it's just it's just writ large with these two in your face for 90 minutes. It it was a cool exploration. Thank you, ma'am. So, all right. The movie, it's out now. It's on VOD. It's a a really for a two hander. Uh it's a fast-moving fast movie. It it's totally co- compelling and engaging. Uh I love it. And in a world where we're all oversaturated with big budget stuff, this just I'm going to use the word again. It feels authentic. And it's a really uh great way to spend time in, in front of your computer screen, TV, whatever. I, I love the work you all did on this.
0: Oh, thank, thank you so much, James. Yeah. I uh, we we I think we I know I'm really proud of it and it feels like um You know, for me, sort of the I wanted to set out to make some of the films that I enjoyed, like um, Sex, Lies and Videotape or the Before Midnight series or um, Medicine for Melancholy. Um, And it's just um, I'm really proud of these two guys and the work they put in and and the the um, reviews they're getting. So it's been great. All
2: right. Well, I hope that, you know, we're recording this on the 18th of November. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving Family, friends, loved ones—however you choose to spend it—and uh, like I said, I recommend the movie, and I can't wait to see what you all do next.
0: Cool, thank, thank you so much. much.